the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi and welcome to Be Crazy Well Now why would a therapist say that because we all have mental health struggles even therapists The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well On my podcast we don't focus on what's wrong with us we want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. To see within is to know yourself, to know yourself well enough to be able to put yourself into other people's shoes and to bring out the best in you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Be Crazy Well. Because you know what? If you're going to be crazy, do it well. And what is crazy? Like, do we even know what that means? Talk about a word that is defined all over the place. And I think what's important for me is when I use the word crazy, it means that you're authentic. It means that you know who you are, you are self-reflective, and you're going to create the person you deserve to be and the life you deserve to live. Now, some people would say that's crazy. You should just go along with everybody else. I don't happen to believe that. I believe we need all kinds of people, all superpowers from people, and people have the right to start to create their life. And I think we need disruptors. I think sometimes we need people, desperately need people, uh, to help us change, to push the envelope. And I think that's why I love so much uh, working with veterans and veteran families. You know, it's a very small number of people that choose to serve. And then I say, I don't even know if the choice to serve was actually a choice. My experience of being with combat veterans is that they know about service because they're people of service, not because they join the service. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that I think there's a part of our training uh, before the service where we are trained to be protectors, we're trained to be people that take care of others and not always in great situations. I don't think it's just, you know, all of a sudden you have this great childhood and you wanna be the person that takes care of everybody. I don't think that's how it works. In fact, most of the research tells us that um, men and women that serve are protectors, that they were taught to be the protectors in their family. So I'm going to read you something here that might, that might uh, surprise you a little bit. So hang on, let me put on my glasses. All right, so here's a study that was done in 2000. It was uh, actually done, doesn't say exactly when it was done, but it was uh, published on this uh, Associated Press. 2014, July 23rd, 2014, so not so long ago. And the title of the article at the Associated Press is Childhood Traumas More Common 
in military members. I'll say that again. Childhood traumas more common in military members. Childhood traumas are more common among military members and veterans than among civilians, according to a new study. Researchers say the results support the notion that for some, enlistment serves enlistment serves as an escape from troubled upbringings. More than 25% had experienced at least four childhood traumas versus about 13% of civilian. And this includes all kinds of childhood traumas from sexual abuse, uh, uh, physical and verbal abuse, neglect, uh, exposure to uh, domestic violence, household drug abuse, all of that. So, So this is important to understand. And it's also important to understand what does that do? What does that childhood abuse do if such a large number of uh, military men and women experience trauma before they enter the military. And I I think what it does and what it says for me, and I'm going to read you some more uh, results of what this means, means for, for me that these children who grow up to be adults actually probably had to be the protector in their family, had to put up, had to be able to deal with uh, issues in the family. What can that do? Well, it can bring give us uh, mental health issues that uh, don't help us in our life. And it can also give us superpowers and strength that most children don't have. And they bring that into adulthood. So all of a sudden, if you're the protector in the family and you're 10 years old and you're protecting uh, your mama or your dad from any kind of abuse, uh, if you're the one being abused uh, and you're the one that is taking most of it for your younger siblings, that's going to inform you about how you behave and what your job is and what your responsibility is. So I think this is really important to remember that not like having abuse doesn't necessarily mean that it does uh, uh, gives you effects that are uh, detrimental to your well-being. Certainly that can happen. It also gives you superpowers that may make you a better military person. And I think that's very, very important to understand that many of our men and women that join the military may be looking as an escape. And once they get in there, they may be our best soldiers and and our best military men and women because they've been trained already to be able to put up with, have a high tolerance for bad behavior, stronger, smarter, emotional intelligence, being able to read a situation. All of these are great gifts so one of one of the things we would say is that maybe this childhood abuse and neglect might actually give us some post-traumatic growth as well and some superpowers. So hold on to that just so that we can look at the whole story. There's another issue, though, that we want to take a look at. And let me give you another. This article was also in 2014, and this is from the American Psychological Association. And the title of this article is Trauma before enlistment linked to high suicide rates among military personnel and veterans. And this is what research has found. Now, just bear with me here. 
trauma before enlistment is linked to high suicide rates. So what does that mean? That means that if you did come from a family with high rates or, or say childhood abuse and neglect, it increases your risk for suicide as a veteran. And, and when does that happen? Well, it, it's sort of laying in wait all the time that we're living, that this effect is sort of underneath all of the greatness that men and women do in the military. And it can come up while you're active duty. It can actually come up uh, when you are retired or when you leave the military. So people are going to say, well, what about deployments? That actually adds. That can add. So what we're saying is we have two risk factors, not just combat, not just deployments. We have to take a look at what happened before the military as well. Now, I know that maybe you, we can say, well, what happened before the military is none of the military's you know, businesses. They don't care. It's not part of uh, what should be considered uh, when we bring and accept men and women into the military. Well, I happen to be a person that disagrees with that 100%. Uh, I believe that when people enlist or when they're called up, uh, when we have a draft, that knowing what they bring in with them uh, is important because we're looking for skills and strengths, and we should also be looking for risk factors. So why wouldn't basic training actually ask these questions? Why wouldn't we, in those six weeks of training, actually help these men and women understand what happened to them before the military, especially if it's going to be a risk while they're serving and after their service? It seems to me that if, if we truly keep saying we care about the men and women that choose to serve, why wouldn't we want to help them in all aspects of their lives and give them all the skills and information that they deserve while they're serving, while they're protecting and taking care of us? Shouldn't we be giving them all the information that they deserve to protect themselves as well? We give them equipment. We give them training and equipment to help protect them so that they can serve better. And we're not going to give them this information to let them know that they have these risk factors. It, and so hear this one more part that we've discovered in this research. Among service mem members and veterans who attempted suicide, who've, who have attempted it, approximately 50% had thought about committing suicide and 20%, 25% had attempted suicide before joining the military. I'm going to say that again. 50% had thought about it. 25% had attempted suicide before joining the military. I don't believe that excludes them from being uh, of service and being in the service. I think it is our responsibility to make it easy to ask and easier to give them all the support, mental health training they deserve so that they can move past that. So what does this all mean for all of us? 
It means that we are a whole person, that everything that happens before, during, and after the military is what makes up a military man or woman, that that, that is what we live with. And if we say we care about military families, wouldn't we want to do everything possible to help the military men and women and families be able to understand what might come up, what might be part of their situational awareness and their self-awareness? So it, it makes sense to me, and I'll tell you why I talk about this so much. When I started to work with uh, military men and women, and I heard about the horrific experience uh, experiences that happened during combat, horrible, uh, unimaginable, um, and something that you will never not live with, that you will always carry these experiences and they will change you forever. And they do physically as well as emotionally. We know that. And then we give it a name. We call it PTSD. Well, so does childhood trauma. Childhood trauma also creates PTSD. It it creates this post-traumatic stress response And we carry that with us for the rest of our lives. So when I'm talking to them about their lives and what's happening to them now post-military, I can't remember a military man or woman, a veteran that went into combat. I can't ever remember any one of them saying to me, oh, I would never go back. I don't want to do that again. I I wish I had never done that. That's not what I hear. What I hear over and over and over again is I'd go back tomorrow. When I got hurt and I got sent home, I felt like I left my team. Uh, By the way, this could be someone that I'm talking to that's standing on two prosthetic legs that are saying they would go back knowing what was going to happen. So when I heard about post-traumatic stress disorder only coming from Uh, combat experience, something kept nagging at me saying that can't be true. And I thought, well, what if you go into the military with some of these post-traumatic stress issues and some of them make you stronger, they actually make you a better uh, military man or woman or actually soldier, fighter, and then you get hurt and then you get sent back home back home to a place that you've never told anybody about what happened to you before the military, back to families that are still struggling, to fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers uh, that are still struggling with the, their family issues that actually affected these military men and women. So I say that oftentimes veterans are sent back home to the seat of a, scene of a crime a crime that they've never told anybody about. And I I just want us to understand how important that is to be able to talk about everything that happened to us and how it affected us, both, both in terms of gaining strengths and also making us more vulnerable, especially vulnerable to suicide. And wouldn't that be the most important thing we could do when we say we want to help our veterans when they come back from uh, serving, 
Wouldn't we want to give them everything that they deserve and all the information they deserve about how they can create the person they deserve to be and the life they deserve to live? And I think it's, it's actually malpractice to not talk about this, to not give them all the information about how maybe their childhood trauma actually puts them at risk for when they come out. And even while they're in, we know that suicide rates among active duty has gone up. So if they haven't deployed anywhere, if it's not in a combat zone or combat situation, then don't we want to ask the questions? Don't they deserve that? And aren't we compassionate enough, smart enough, uh, and don't they deserve us to be courageous enough to say we do care about everything that's happened to you so that when you come home, you can continue to serve. You can continue to be a person of service because I don't believe that you just serve when you're in the service. I believe that once you are uh, dedicated to serving others, that's your life. That's what you do. So I would like to think that we are, uh, again, courageous enough to not just talk about what happened downrange and how that affects us. Let's open the discussion up so that we all talk about and we all understand what happened to us is much more important in every aspect of our lives than what's wrong with us. So my question would be, and I'm going to throw this out to all of you listeners. My question is, could you have that discussion with your loved one who has served? Uh, maybe a veteran may still be active duty. Do you have the courage to have that, that discussion with them about what happened to them before they joined the military? Can we make it easier and life-saving for these men and women to be able to talk about everything so that when this, these effects of trauma start to rear their ugly heads, they can understand that there's nothing wrong with them. It's what happened to them. And now we can help change what happens. We want to lower the suicide rate that's incumbent upon us to talk about everything that affects that rate. So um, I have more information that I'll share with you about this. I'm hoping that more research will come about to help us uh, feel more comfortable and braver to talk about this. And I'm going to ask our men and women of the military to please come forward, share this information, talk to anybody and everybody about what happened. Let us know so that we can start giving you the retraining you deserve, the healing training you deserve, so that this risk factor of child abuse uh, does not in any way put you at risk. So I, I want to thank everybody for listening to Be Crazy Well. Uh, I want you to give your support to Coming Home Well, which is the sponsor of this uh, podcast. And I want to thank Calvin Love for his uh, wonderful theme song called Be Your Best Self. That's what this podcast is dedicated to. And we can't be our best self if we don't know what happened 
how it affects us, and what we deserve to do in order to heal and to create the person in the life we deserve. So until we uh, talk again next week, uh, be crazy well. Love.